You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, presenting interviews with famous, fascinating, influential personalities from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Somebody called me and said, come on over, we'll chew the fat. I said, yeah, that sounds like necking with Russian woman or something. <laughs> oh, man. Comedian Yakov Smirnov. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Well, who knew Russians had such a sense of humor? Few Americans thought so until the 1980s when the young Russian-born Yakov Smirnov arrived. Then I got to New York. New York was great. I walked out of the airplane. I saw my name written, big letters, Smirnov. <laughs> America loves Smirnov. I said to myself, what a country. <laughs> he came here in 1977 from Ukraine, didn't speak any English. But he soon turned his foreigner's naivete into a very successful comedy career. Now, in late 1987, actually just on the eve of the visit to the U.S. by Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev, Yakov Smirnov went on a book tour to promote his very hilarious book called America on Six Rubles a Day. And that's when I met him. So here now, from 1987, Yakov Smirnov. Yeah, I didn't even notice the subtitle until I opened up the, <laughs> yes. the first page. Yes. Actually, some, even on the second page, right. how, how right. to become right. a capitalist. I guess that's me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the first question they asked you in Good Morning America, I didn't know that it was a, a, you know, so you can't really see America on six rubles a day, can you? It's not a travel book, is it? No, no, it's not. It's a how-to book, uh, how to become capitalistic pig. That's uh, it book uh, that can help Anybody, I think. Uh, some people who, let's say, came from Europe uh, here, let's say from England, and they're here to see London Bridge and Queen Mary, or they're from uh, France because they couldn't stand any more of Jerry Lewis movies, or they're from Japan because they ran away from Raden and Godzilla or Jerry Lewis movies. Uh, <laughs> Or it's for, for people from uh, deprived societies like Cleveland. You know, this book is for anybody. And uh, I feel that um, you don't really travel on six rubles a day. And for people who don't know what ruble is, it's a, it's a Russian money that do not worth that much on the international market. If you compare a pound, a ruble, and a dollar, for a dollar you can buy a pound of rubles. Pretty much, you know. So it doesn't work that much. So you can't really do that. But it can give you a lot of tips. And this book uh, teaches you how to buy a car, how to find a doctor, how to, how to become rich. You can become rich simply the way a lot of Americans done it, marrying the worst Johnny Carson. You know, who would tell you those things? <laughs> Only me. I have to confess, the very first time I ever saw you perform, I thought, here's a very funny guy, but I figured, here's another Bill Dana doing his Jose Jimenez. I figured, right. this guy can't be. He, right. he, he can't be from the Soviet Union. Right. Well, normally people feel that way because um, you've seen Bill Dana, you've seen Robin Williams, you've seen uh, uh, Andy uh, Kaufman doing Latka on Taxi. And, and that's normal for an American person to assume that those are impressions uh, or somebody doing a parody. And also, you don't picture a Russian comedian. That's the main thing. Uh, Russian comedian to American sounds like Mormon wino. 
<laughs> they don't, you know, think about this. You know, it sounds like contradiction in terms. So uh, when I came here and I started doing comedy, people would come to me after the show and they would say, are you really from Russia? And they would say, are you really a comedian? And I'd say, well, thank you very much. You know, I hope you enjoyed the show, you know. Well, you know, even Lawrence Welk, who was born in this country, has an accent. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's hard to tell sometimes. You've been in this country since 1977? 77, right. It's been, wow, 10 years yeah. now. Oh, gee. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. And it's been a wonderful time. Uh, you know, I've, I've had a great time traveling through the country, learning about America as much as I could. Now, putting setting aside your your the comments about the the, the joke bureau and, and and things like that, Russians do have a sense of humor. Right, as you said a moment ago, we don't think of you know a Russian comedian, but you know, I think Americans sometimes take the Soviets as 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 much too serious. They do have a sense of humor. Don't oh, definitely, sense of humor is tremendous, and I honestly believe that as more suppressed the society, as better sense of humor of people have to be. It's normal. That's the way to survive. Um, if you go on any funeral uh, in America or anywhere in the world, people grieve for a long time, but then they start telling jokes to each other to relieve the tension. You can't, um, you can't survive dealing on tension all the time. And that's what's happening in Soviet Union. There's a lot of big underground humor market. You know, it's about six feet underground, and uh, it's there. <laughs> And people tell jokes about every subject there is. Uh, actually, this type of humor does not exist anymore in America because there's no need for it. You turn on television and you see Johnny Carson or you see David Letterman, whatever, and they can talk about whatever you want. They'll talk about the president, they'll talk about the Iran Contra, they'll talk about the Gary Hart, whatever. They, there is nothing sacred, basically, on TV. And... In Soviet Union, there is not that luxury. So people, the only way that the news can travel from one place to another is through the joke. People just tell each other a joke, and that's how it goes, you know. There are jokes now about Gorbachev. Uh, uh, I heard the joke from Russia, somebody told me, that uh, Gorbachev is trying to check out how he's doing. So he decides randomly call for the phone book. And calls uh, one house, and uh, the kid picks up the phone, and he says, uh, can I talk to your father? And he said, well, no, no, the father is in Europe on vacation. I said, how about your mom? Well, she's in Crimea on vacation. He said, well, do you know who is calling? So the kid says, no. Uh, Gorbachev said, well, this is the man who made it all possible. And the kid turns around and yells, grandmother, grandma, grandfather is calling from jail. So that's that's the humor stays that no matter what's going on there, people will make jokes. Some people may wonder why you would make jokes about Chernobyl. Good question. Um, I again, it's the same probably reason that we were just talking about. Um, as more problems appear, people need to deal with it in the humor form, in the humor level, and uh, when. Uh, Chernobyl happened. It was a terrible thing. But the worst part about this was the way the Soviets were trying to cover it up. When they were saying that, you know, uh, everything is fine except phones are melting. 
you know, things like that. I mean, so that was a, that was subject for humor. I mean, then they were saying that we uh, have new medical care. We give X-ray to everybody at the same time. Or uh, what else were they saying? That every cloud in Soviet Union has a nuclear lining. Uh, the excuses were incredible. To make chicken Kiev, you preheat the city to 400 degrees. You know, I think they're, they're funny jokes, you know, but they are obviously based on, on pain. Is there anything you will not make a joke about? Are things sacred to you? Um, that sheep. No, um, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I, I guess... Uh, there are some things I can't think of <laughs> right now, uh, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of things that I'll, I'll just not do. After this short break, Yakov Smirnov tells how Americans still manage to confuse him. Now back to my 1987 interview with Yakov Smirnov. Millions of Americans enjoy your your comedy. Is there a point, though, at which you have to stop being the naive young man from the Soviet Union just off the boat? Oh, no. (laughs) I don't want to stop. Is there a point at which you will have to stop and and move on to something, some other form of comedy? You've got a television series. uh, Sure. I I have done uh, that, and I'm in in terms of changing uh, my comedy. Uh, and Gorbachev has helped a little bit in terms of that uh, because a lot of Americans are looking at this today's situation and saying, well, maybe it will work out. They don't want to hear me making direct attacks on the Soviet Union, which is fine with me. I, I needed to move on, and so I'm attacking American government now. <laughs> it's much safer, you know. It's used to attacks, you know, and uh, it's not rebelling. Um, I, tell, I talk about politics uh, that are happening today in America. I talk about election campaign, you know, and through the perspective, still a Russian person, you know, or a foreigner who watches uh, Gary Hart to go on uh, Donahue's show a few days ago, and he said he loves this country. It's just he was loving it one citizen at a time. <laughs> and then he said he was a dark horse candidate. I think he's a gelding now. Um, so those are observations that, you know, or watching the Bork, uh, you know, uh, nomination and then watching the Ginsburg, who was, you know, smoking pot when he was a young man, and he was upset that he didn't get the nomination because he was looking forward to appear in front of joint session of Congress. Um, but seriously, folks, I have to ask you in a very ti- sure. in a very timely way: Have you ever smoked marijuana? Um, I actually never did in in the Soviet Union. And then uh, when I came to America, people would tell me try some drugs. So I tried Xlox. And I wasn't getting high. I was sitting real low. And then for about six months, I was taking my doll, which was the worst period of my life. And then somebody gave me, you know, the, 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 the little cigarette. And um, I had no idea what it was. And, um, man, I'll tell you, it was funny when, when I actually realized that what I was, 
in the bathroom somewhere, and I forgot why I went there, you know. And uh, I don't, I don't smoke anymore. I mean, that was one time I tried, and I said, no, that's not for me. <laughs> I think the reason your your humor is so funny is because you can understand how someone who is nicely into this country would have trouble going into a grocery store and realizing that new freedom is not what the box says. <laughs> well, but those are the things that you just kind of assume that they're they're there for a reason, you know. I I had experience with the new freedom and I said what a country freedom in a box and I bought 15 of them you know <laughs> with wings and everything you know and and uh, I had no idea I thought they were like knee pads then I thought they were like headbands and and people would look at me and say you look good you know I would put them on a like uh, uh, oh, never mind so and I don't do this anymore I buy stay free now so but now after better. after 10 years you're a, you're a savvy american mm -hmm. is there anything that still confuses you do you find anything now and then that still you have to seriously do you have to say what is this i don't understand this yes i think uh the expressions will never stop interest me i mean no matter how long i've been here every time somebody says something that i never heard before uh, like somebody called me and said come on over we'll chew the fat <laughs> i said yeah that sounds like necking with russian woman or something <laughs> oh man i had expressions that i never i never heard uh like guy said to me um i got it from the horse's mouth and i said there is a source of information and then he said, it might be kind of hard for you to swallow. I said, it's from the horse's mouth. I don't even want to touch it. So those things, I don't think they'll over... I, I met a girl in, uh, in Los Angeles, one of those, you know, Hollywood, like one of those valley girls, they call them. And it's like airheads, basically. You know? And I said, I really like it. I'd like to show my apartment. And she said, hey, man, I'm not buying it. I said, neither am I. I'm renting it. And she said, oh, gag me. So I did. <laughs> yeah. What other comedians do you like to watch? Bill Cosby. I'll watch him any time, any day. Um, I think he's wonderful. Uh, I had the pleasure meeting him on the plane, and I'm admiring him for a long time. And he walked on the plane. He was sitting next to me. And he said, I saw your commercial. I said, who are you? <laughs> he said, you'll never work this country again. <laughs> I have to ask, uh, in a little bit more serious vein, in a couple sure. of weeks, Mr. Gorbachev is coming to Washington. He's going to meet with President Reagan for several days. There is going to be a major rally in Washington of, of in favor of Soviet Jewry. Uh, there's been, uh, despite uh, uh, perestroika and glasnost, there has not been the emigration that many people want to see. Uh, are you going to be here, or are you going to, in, in some way, participate? Uh, well, I'm obviously, in spirit, I'll be here. I can't be here physically because I have commitments in uh, Los Angeles. Um, but it's it's one of those things that I think it will help to have this uh, because, uh, well, you can't miss it. I mean, it's going to be huge. And... Um, a lot of people will put uh, their time and effort to to make it noticeable. So I think it's it's helpful. And uh, the Soviet government, in a way, you know, they they can't be blind, and uh, they will try to accommodate, especially in negotiations. You know, when when they are dealing with with Reagan, 
personally, and this is on the lighter side, I think that they should have met in Las Vegas. And I think they should have bat all the missiles in the blackjack. And we know who would win. The house. Wayne Newton would run the world. <laughs> but we all could get breakfast for 99 cents, you know. So there is good to everything. And it's going to be uh, an interesting negotiation. I think there is a way to make some deals with Gorbachev. I think he would keep all the missiles out of Europe if U.S. government guarantees to keep Raisa Gorbachev out of Bloomingdale's. <laughs> I think if Reagan would just start with that, he would be ahead. Yakov Smirnov is 70 now, and he still performs occasionally at his theater in Branson, Missouri, and he tours worldwide. And you can find easy Amazon links to Yakov Smirnov's books at our website, heardeverything.com. And while you're at heardeverything.com, be sure and listen to my interviews with two other very popular comedians, Margaret Cho. I don't know any of these good Asian things to know. Like, I'm terrible at math. Didn't go to a good school. I didn't play violin. But I, I feel like I, I'm creating a new version of the Asian American woman. And... Rita Rudner. The more mortgages I have, the funnier I become. We moved into a new house and we can't sell our old house, and all of a sudden I started to write screenplays. I think one more mortgage and I might invent a cure for something. And of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find Now I've Heard Everything on all major podcast platforms. And would you do me a favor, if you liked today's episode, would you tell a friend about Now I've Heard Everything? Thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, as the college basketball season opens, we'll return to my interview with one of the greatest coaches of contemporary times, the man who's been coaching for 46 years, but this season will be his last, my 2000 interview with Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski. I've had a great life because I've done what I've wanted to do, and I love doing it. And the longer I'm in it, the the more I've loved it because uh, I've learned more about how to do my thing. Better. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Mm-hmm.